you're listening to the Psychology Channel with Tegwin and Eden, and today, guess what? Guess what? We are talking about Game of Thrones yet again for the third and final time. We promise it's the final time. This is not a Game of Thrones podcast. We're talking about minor characters ranging from Edmure, can I be king please, Tully, to Peter Littlefinger, you kind of cute because you look like your mom, Baelish. Yes, yes, those are the characters we're talking about today. All your favorite characters that we did not talk about in the previous episodes, some some of your lesser favorite characters. They will they will make an appearance in this episode, unless your favorite character is Kyburn, in which case you're fucking <laughs> Sorry. weird. <laughs> Sorry, one you game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, you can stop listening right now because we will not be talking about that creepy ass necromancer. <laughs> anyway, All right, let's let's get jump. It. Yes, let's get them to it. Let's jump right in. So basically the way that we decided to do this, we focused on character arcs in our first two episodes. Um, in this episode, the way that we are going to do it is we have a list of all of the more minor characters, not even necessarily minor, but like, you know, the characters that don't fall into specific houses or regions or things like that. So uh, we listed them up and we have ranked them from let's see how would you say it least impactful to the overall plot to most impactful and some of these characters like even though they're like super likable or like like just gen generally just very cool characters they may not rank as high as you thought they would because they do not impact that much of the show yeah yeah we took we took it might be a little spicy for some for some people, but we, we took into account how much these characters impact the other characters around them and the entire story as a whole. So that's how we are ranking them. It's okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start from we're gonna go from least impactful to most impactful. Yeah. Obviously, this is all our opinion. Feel free to yell at us on the internet if you disagree. Actually, just kidding. Don't Please don't yell. We have feelings too. We have we have feelings too. Let's get cracking. Who who is our who is our least impactful? Our least impactful uh, <laughs> major minor character is Lord Edmure Tully. Uh, yeah. Moving on. No, his yeah. name is Edmure. Like, <laughs> do we need to talk about it farther? No. He like pretty much all he has to impact the story is the last episode where he asks to be king and then is immediately shut down. By the rest of the immediately, yeah, family. immediately, okay, okay, boomered, yes, right away. And um, all on. right, who's Lady Lysa Aaron? Um, yeah, we put we put her, we like flip flop back and forth, but between Edmure and Lysa being the least impactful, but Lysa's a little more impactful because like she could have straight up off Tyrion, and that would have been she really also tragic for the storyline. That would have been really tragic. She also is like. She's more memorable, too, because she's a little cuckoo bonkers bananas. Yeah, also, she's that one um, girl who is breastfeeding her 10-year-old son, which yeah, is pretty you know, memorable. She's the, <laughs> she's the reason that I have an image of a 10-year-old boy sucking on a teat, and I did not need that at all in my ever. life. So, Never, that's ever. pretty impactful to me personally. Right. <laughs> Moving on. This may be a spicy this take, but also not. Quite spicy. So we're yeah. going to preface this with, we love this character. True. And Eden's 
comments on him were that he's like a fun NPC. He's a fun NPC, you know? Like if you run across an NPC that that your DMs just worked really hard on making making a root and tootin' good time. Like he reminds me of that. So No, he's but, great. but our boy. Yeah. Tormund Giant Giant Giant's Bane. <laughs> um yeah, Tormund Giant's Bane. He's he's so fun, but like that's it. <laughs> right? Add to the plot. So that's why he's so low, but you know, we we stand the our large ginger king. Moving on. Kind of, kind of similar to Tormund, we put Beric Dendarian next. I think we mentioned him briefly in one of the earlier episodes. I think we did. For those of you who don't know, because yeah, there's a ton of characters in Game of Thrones. You're a fucking fake fan and you should yeah. stop listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, this podcast is only for real fans, so get out. Yeah, so get the fuck out. Filter out the week. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but But yeah, if you don't know... Yeah, Beric Dondarrion is the leader of the Brotherhood and, or the Brotherhood of, what are they even called? Just the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood of people who do magic. Yeah, and he's the guy who has an eye patch and a flaming sword. So he's pretty, pretty sick, pretty cool. But like overall to the story, to the plot, he like assists Arya and Gendry and Hot Pie when they like. And the, he, he impacts the Hound too. Yeah. Because they that's like all kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just like a, a really chill cult leader, basically, yeah. right? Who died yeah. like I mean, and he has lives. a... Yeah, true. That's that's dope. And he has a flamey sword, which yeah. pretty Iconic. freaking cool, if you ask me. Right. Yeah, so he's... He's, uh, <laughs> he's higher than Tormund because he has a flamey sword. <laughs> In my book, at least. I think that's but, totally fair. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Flaming sword. Moving on. Flaming beard. Anyway. <laughs> Good one. Um, but yeah, so uh, moving on. We we put Misande and Grey Worm next. Yes. And okay, we clump them together because they don't really have like a, a they, they're kind of like a unit. They work as a they unit. They are because they're, yeah, their love story starts pretty early on. And they're also in a very similar situation, kind of, in a way. I mean, they're both in, like, Danny's inner circle. Mm-hmm. But they didn't necessarily ask to be there. I guess we could say that they have, like, a pretty decent sway over the course of the show because they keep Daenerys sane for... They do keep her in check. Mm-hmm. If for they, quite a if, while. If she didn't have them, things may have panned out a little bit differently. True. We we said in our last episode that Danny doesn't listen to anyone, but if she is going to listen to anyone, sh- she does take Miss Sunday and Grey Worms like perspectives into account, I guess. I think out of like everybody, which, you know, does does make them impactful to like the Danny storyline. And I love I love both of these characters. I, I think they're great. And I think that they're minor characters that got done dirty in the eighth season, like a lot of other characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like them, but I think they are lower on the list because they're not as impactful to the story as a whole, I guess. Yeah, because they specifically work for Danny, and they don't really have much influence over the rest of of any of the other characters. I mean, like Tyrion mm-hmm. interacts with them like, momentarily mm-hmm. well i said before like they're um 
they're under Danny's thumb in a way. I mean, that's not to say that like she's holding them hostage or anything, because I think they do very loyally like serve her right. for obvious reasons. But that is what it is. At the end of the day, they're serving her. And like, you know, if Danny thought that Miss Sande or Grey Worm betrayed her, would she have flamed them with her dragons? Absolutely. Yeah. I think she would have flavor blasted them easily. Like, <laughs> so, like, um, who's next on our list, Tiger? Uh, up next is Pod Big Dick Pain. <laughs> Pod Big Dick Pain. I fucking love my man's Podrick Pain. I would die for that him. That beautiful, beautiful song that he sings in the eighth season was in the best episode, in the best episode of the eighth season. That's true. Also, he became Sir Podrick in that episode. Sir, yes. He got knighted. We stand. We love character development. Love that. Um, he did. He started from the bottom, and he made it. Yeah. No, he's cute. He's sweet. I mean, he he's good comic relief, but yeah, obviously, at the end of the day, he doesn't. He doesn't do that much. I mean, though, he does save Tyrion's life. No, he does. I was going to say, he, he definitely impacts Tyrion, for sure. Yeah. He um, literally saves Tyrion from dying at the Battle of the Blackwater. Yeah, and I mean him and Tyrion's uh, relationship. I mean him, Tyrion, and Bronn as I was going to say as a threesome. Yeah, but that's not what I meant as a trio. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, anyways, yeah, as a as a trio, um, like are good, and Bronn and Pod are both impactful to Tyrion because um, he mo- he moves on to. Uh, train under Brienne, so which is awesome. Like I love that. I love Brienne training pod. Yeah, I really think it's it's really sweet. The next character that we've got is the Mountain. He's just kind of like a scary fucking guy. Like, okay, first of all, in the beginning, there's that one episode, season one, where uh, I think it's Loris is Mm -hmm. dicking around at the joust sesh and. Mm -hmm. He puts up a horse that's in heat that messes with the mountain oh, yeah. stallion, mm-hmm. and the stallion <laughs> does not do well. So the mountain simply beheads the stallion. <laughs> that <laughs> was disgusting. Yeah, like, and it was so abrupt and so jarring. He just starts hacking at this horse's head, and like horses be thick. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like yeah, they an nice. easy task. <laughs> They are thick. Yeah, yeah. like, that's uh, terrifying. But, yeah, I mean, the mountain, yeah, he's basically just, like, a tank, essentially. Yeah. Like, he's I mean, he's called for... the mountain who rides, or the mountain that rides. He's like, huge. He's, like, three of me. Yeah, I think the actor who plays him is, like, seven foot five or something insane. I mean, there's isn't the three actor actors who... who played him, but... Isn't one of them a wrestler? Yeah, the the one who plays him for the longest, he's like a Danish wrestler or something. He's huge. Why are Danish people so tall? The Scandinavians anyway, have the good blood. Yeah. The good, good blood. Real, real tall. But yeah, obviously the way we're talking about it now, that's why the mountain is, is at this spot. Because we don't really have anything else to talk about regarding him besides yeah. his immense size and physical um, intimidation factor. Honestly... It's not fair to him that he got turned into a zombie. He didn't ask for that. But also, he's a he was a crazy guy before he got turned into a zombie, so... That's true, but, like... No one deserves dang. that. Um, after the mountain, we have Bronn of the Blackwater. Love him. Bronn impacts 
slightly more people than just Tyrion. Yeah. And I mean, like he serves as captain of the King's Guard. He mm-hmm. is the person who sh- fires the shot that starts the Battle of the Blackwater <laughs> and makes all the ships go boom. <laughs> Oh, boom, yeah. Um, um, he, he saves Tyrion. Tyrion. Yeah, in the Vale. Times, like, many times. Right. Um, at least, yeah, I feel like at least three times he saves Tyrion. Yeah. He's also Tyrion's friend. No, I know. Like, maybe one of Tyrion's first friends. Even though <laughs> so, Tyrion pays him, they still friends. They're friends, kind of, a little bit. You know, Tyrion has a track record of paying for friends, which is sad, but... <laughs> Um, but <laughs> so sad. But yeah, sorry, didn't mean to make everyone depressed on this Uh-oh. day. But have fun being sad for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, when you start to get happy, just think about Tyrion Lannister paying for his friends who ultimately betray him, <laughs> or paying for his wife. But yeah, that that's why Bronn's here. I mean, he does become master of coin <laughs> at the end, which um, is pretty iconic. You know, it is it is kind of iconic. I, I said, you know, people were mad about it at the time. They're like, why is what is Braun doing here? Why is he master of coin? And I said it's like it, all this man cares about is coin. Like that is yeah. all he cares about for get the entire the show. Secure And he stays bag. Exactly. Get the bag, secure the bag, and stay alive. And he does that, and that's why he becomes master of coin. He got the hugest bag in all the land, in all of West. Exactly. Coast. Yeah, you know, it's show. really not that hard to to get into politics. <laughs> if you have a bag big enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we see it. We see it in our country right now. So, moving on. Um, Yikes. The next, like, group of about five or six people mm-hmm. specifically impact, like, one person. But it's, like, a big enough impact that we put them above the previous characters that we've discussed. Yeah, yeah. So, they don't they don't impact the story as a whole a ton. But we deem them significantly enough impactful to like certain characters that they should make it on the list, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so the first in that grouping is Maester Aemon. Can we sweet, just sweet Targaryen grandpa? Pour one out because that man is probably like the most wholesome man mm-hmm. in all of Westeros. True. Very very sweet. Man, and that's not something that you say very often about characters in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> so, especially yeah, about I mean, male characters in Game of Thrones. Especially about male characters in Game of Thrones. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he he's he's on this list because I mean he's a Targaryen, but ultimately that's not that important. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, because they just didn't follow up on it. Um, what's new and uh but but mostly he's he's super impactful to john i mean he takes john under his wing when john gets to the night's watch and john learns a lot from him so i think sam. that Raymond, so yeah sam does too sam basically like apprentices under him yep which is pretty cool i think that maester Raymond basically teaches john how to like deal with his emotions <laughs> like a, yeah. like a mature person i agree but that's all i have to say about that that sweet old man yeah, I mean, because his, his death is, like, pretty impactful, too. Yeah, I yeah. cried. Maybe, well, yeah, it's sad. Maybe not cried, but I was... Teared up. Yeah. Um, who's next? Barristan Selmy. Another is... old dude who's pretty cool. Dude, he's yeah. super badass. We got three old dudes in a row 
that are pretty sick. So Woo-hoo, AARP club. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of wish that they like all hung out with each other and just like, you know, smoked cigars and like, Simply I don't know. Do old men do that? Yeah, I don't really know what old guys do. Play golf, I guess. Ew, I could see no. all these people being golfing buddies. <laughs> I could not see any of these men being golf golfers. They have too much yeah. honor for that. <laughs> Watch out, golfers. Every golfer listening to this podcast just exits. Uh, yeah, I don't we have think a there's going to be any golfers listening to this because <laughs> this is not their this is not that audience. Not to Maybe, bash on knows? golf, but golf sucks. <laughs> You're like not to bat, yeah, not to bash on golf, but I just bashed on golf for five minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, golf is, but yeah, no. So, but yeah, Barrison, Sir Barrison, tell me, I really liked his character. Me um, too. Yeah, he he's close to the middle of our list. He's like just below the middle. He's he's badass. Like he's badass, and he uh, the reason he's up as high as he is, is because of his impact on Danny. I mean, I don't think that Danny would have shot up the way that she did if she didn't have um, Sir Barrison backing her in the early seasons. Right. No, I agree. Um, and, and helping her because he is good at military strategy. I mean, he had years and years serving as head of the Kingsguard before Cersei literally tried to fire him for being old so yeah. she could instate her brother back as the head of the Kingsguard her brother who she fucks on a regular like I just I hate it I hate it like he really should have taken out like a, a worker's rights claim against her because that that's not well, yeah he did. true he was just like fuck you I quit yeah, he's like <laughs> I'm oh. gonna go threw his stupid gold cloak on the ground and did that was badass yeah was you know sometimes it's inspiring guys sometimes you gotta do that if you're if you're in a shitty job situation throw your gold cloak on the ground say I fuck did. you yeah. And did. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll move on to the next uh, old man in our <laughs> on our list, Sir Davos. The Onion Knight. Onion Knight. <laughs> Honestly, there's something about the old men in the show that just, like, hits so hard. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like. Okay. <laughs> like, I love Sir Davos. Like, he just. He just I like him. Yeah. And. I mean. I'm sold. Like, whatever he says, I'm sold. Sir Davos, yeah, like, he's great. He, he's also, like, very funny. And he's um, he's an uplifting character because he's so good-hearted. Yeah. But did he save Shireen? <laughs> did he let a 10-year-old get burned alive? Was he complicit father. in a 10-year-old getting burned alive by her father? Absolutely. This man was completely complicit in that crime. And, and like, it, that's not the only time, too. Like, Davos, like, he's good-hearted, but he doesn't act on his on his good-hearted nature. And that's that's my beef with him. Right. That's my beef with him. I, I think that's um, fair. I simply just overlook that because I like him too much. Which is No, yeah, he, healthy, he is a great but... character. <laughs> Toxic alert. Yeah, <laughs> ignore the flaws. It, yeah, you know, that's our advice to you. Ignore the flaws. No, don't do that. But because then you might end up being burned alive. Anyway. Um, As a 10-year-old. Yeah, but I don't know. That, that's how I feel about Sir Davos. I do think that, I mean, we talked about why he's as high on this list. And, I mean, he is, like, the person that tries to keep Thanos in your... Thanos. I just said <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> Thanos Baratheon. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Um, I meant Stannis, but yes, he is the one that tries to keep. He is the one that tries to keep Thanos Baratheon in check. Vocally, like disagrees with Malisandra and stuff. Which I guess it does take a certain amount of guts to even like vocally disagree in those types of situations. Yeah. Because he but, is like the right hand of the king or mm-hmm. Stannis, and Melisandre is trying to take over that spot, and she kind of successfully does. Yeah, she 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 does she she does successfully does in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, she there's that, and he also, I mean, he also serves Danny too, yeah. and he he tries to do the same thing, I think, in that situation. But obviously, he doesn't want to get flamed by dragons, so you know. Fair enough. But yeah. All right. Next character. This character is basically right smack in the middle of the list for us. And yeah. Call Drogo. Call Drogo. Call Drogo. Call Drogo. And he's in. He's in the grouping of characters for us that that obviously mainly impacts one character because he very clearly mainly impacts Danny. Yeah. I mean. I know that Danny's like sold into the situation with him, which is like wrong, but that's how she gets her first army. Like that's how she becomes a queen, a Khaleesi for like the first time. Yeah. So like that it's, it's pretty important, I guess, to the story as a whole in that way, because it propels her entire um, storyline. But ultimately he is most, the character Khal Drogo specifically is most impactful to Danny and Danny alone. Well, I'd argue that maybe he's a little impactful to Jorah because Jorah just has to stand outside their tent all the time while they're while they bang. Yeah, and just be sad. Jorah just crying outside their tent every night. Yeah. Oh my boy. <laughs> Honestly, I I strongly dislike the romanticism of that. I yeah, I don't too. get it. I, it makes me very uncomfortable. Same. People are like, oh, they're so cute. It, I just want to no. throw up a little bit. No, it's not cute. I mean, I, we said in one, in the previous episode that it's a little, you know, I mean, it's Stockholm-y. statutory and it's also yeah. Stockholm-y. Yeah. I, it's one of those things, too, that I also, when I was reading the first book, found that I much preferred the book's um, portrayal of the entire situation, which I thought that I was not, I did not think I was going to feel that way about it because in the books it's Danny is, is much younger. Like, right. She's like, and um, yeah, she's like 13. So I I thought it was going to be a lot worse in the books. I think I dislike it in the show more because of the way it's romanticized in the show. That makes it's sense. not quite as romanticized in the book as it is in the show. It's like she romanticizes it in the books because she's a 13-year-old mm-hmm. girl and what else is she going to do to cope with like this terrible situation? Exactly. But in the show it's like it's built into a love story. Yeah, it's a full-on love story. And in, in the book I w- I would not describe it as a love story, more a part a weird partnership that's just yeah. forced because Obviously, you know, Cal Drogo is not great to Danny because he basically views her as a sex object for a long time. Right. Um, and in the in the books, it you know, in the books, it's it's the same way. It's just it's just weird. It's just weirdly romanticized in the show, like probably because it just moves a lot quicker. 
Well, that and I also guess. they picked Amelia Clark, who is beautiful, and they picked Jason Momoa, who is a hottie. So, like, mm-hmm. it's easy to yeah. romanticize two attractive people being together. True, true. That and, yeah, and the pacing of a TV show is obviously just quicker. So you go right. from seeing her being in an extremely com- uncomfortable, like, rape situation to being in love, like, two episodes later, maybe. and Or, like, f- at least falling in love, like, you know, very shortly after. And it's a little bit weird to... All I can say about Watch that is the pacing of that. whack. Whack. That gets a very firm whack, whack from both of us. <laughs> we are moving on to Shay. Shay. Does she have a last name? No, she's just Shay, right? Simply Shay. Easy, breezy, beautiful Shay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she, she's, again, a character that obviously like mostly impacts Tyrion doesn't really impact the story as a whole I mean I would say that she propels Tyrion to committing patricide (laughs) she's in no way like responsible for Tyrion committing patricide (laughs) but you know it it does spark that hatred in him Uh, but but she obviously does does mostly impact Tyrion and it's it's so fucked up (laughs) Yeah, the, oh, that whole that whole circumstance, everything surrounding her. Like in the mm-hmm. beginning, it's she's great. Like their their relationship is like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you kind of like them, but it's also mm-hmm. sad because Tyrion has a history of mm-hmm. being with whores, being with sex workers. Technically, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. He he has a history of you know that's he he's done it before. He. Yeah. Tried to marry a prostitute before, right? And um, it I didn't sim- go well that time. I simply say whore because that's what they're called in the show. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why my... I said prostitute right yeah. now too, because they're you know ladies at ladies of the night, ladies of the night. <laughs> um, yeah, ladies of the night. Tyrion has a has a long history with with them. He's a frequent at the whorehouse. He probably has like a punch card. <laughs> <laughs> What's like mm-hmm. a they medieval take- equivalent of a punch card? Uh, a punch parchment. <laughs> <laughs> he has a he has a punch parchment, and they just they stamp it with a they, they punch a little a little dick shaped hole like every time he. I believe it. Every time he comes in, um, but yeah, yeah, Shay, it, it's it's sad. Whenever I rewatch Game of Thrones, any time that I have rewatched it. Whenever like Shay and Tyrion's relationship comes up, it just makes me so sad because you know where it's going. Yeah, and it's a it's a really super cold hearted maneuver on uh, on Tywin's part. You know, yeah, it's brutal. Um, the way that he because with Tyrion's first uh, first Lady of the Night that he tried to make his Lady of the Night, he I think um, they did get married. No, they did, but. Tywin like very quickly shut it down. Yeah, I think. And the thing, the thing about this that's so sad is that Tywin doesn't really quickly shut it down. Like he's like, oh, you clearly learned your le- you didn't learn your lesson the first time, mm-hmm. so I'm going to draw this out and like let you fall in love with this woman before I show you that she doesn't really care about you, which is just horrendous. I understand why why he pop popped Tywin on the toilet. Yeah. I mean, I would have too. Because okay, like Tywin, I. I really like Tywin as a character, but he's such an asshole. 
to Tyrion. Oh yeah, well you love you love to hate him. Like he's so like good at being bad. But like he's but- he's a likable bad guy until he starts bad mouthing Tyrion, and then he becomes immediately unlikable. Then he becomes a domestic abuser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much. Yeah. Basically. Um, you know how I said that I thought Bolton was going to make it into all three of these episodes? I think that actually Tywin has made it into all three yeah. of these episodes. So, Shout out to Tywin. You know, actually, Tywin is going to be our most impactful character at the end yeah. of this list. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that's all I have to say about Shay. She, you know, it's it's sad. It sucks. But she she does mostly just impact Tyrion, which Makes is sense. why she's not higher on the list. Um, moving on to a character that mostly impacts Arya. Our boy, a man, Jack and Hagar. Jack and Hagar. Yeah, Jack and Hagar. Confession. <laughs> For some reason, I I always found Jack and Hagar to be strangely attractive. No, I feel it. It's the voice. It's it's the voice. We talked about the voice with Jorah. We are talking about the voice with Jack and Hagar. And we will be talking about the voice with one other character on this list that will be coming up. Oh. So it, it really it really do be the, the voices for us, apparently. But yeah, also, like, he's just cool, you know? Like, he's just, like, wearing a leather jacket, like, shredding electric guitar. Like, he's just yeah, he's got that one cool. weird white streak in his hair. Yes, ah, yes, he's got the, like, yes, the, the e-girl, like, bleach streak in his hair. Yeah, um, yeah he, he's just cool. He's Never mysterious. Never refers to himself as I, always says a man. <laughs> Imagine someone in real life doing that. I would want to punch them in the yeah. face. Like, a man does not know what, what is going on. Like, teacher know, asks like, the hi, question. Sir. <laughs> Welcome to Starbucks. What can I get for you? A man will take a caramel frappuccino with <laughs> extra. A man will take a, a pumpkin spice latte, please. I'm like, can a man leave a tip at yeah. least? <laughs> like, yeah, Jack and Agar in in real life would be extremely obnoxious, <laughs> but in the Game of Thrones universe, he's hella cool. He's hella cool. He <laughs> so, can freaking change his face. That's so sick. Yeah, that is super dope and i mean he's a really good fighter so mad respect i respect anyone that could kill me in an instant um yeah and peel my face but, off and uh, it. that's pretty cool exactly that's pretty freaking dope and i mean he t- obviously uh teaches Arya how to do that and gets her into the whole faceless uh god and all that nonsense also valor morghulis one of the sickest lines in that show one of my absolute faves i talked about what does dead may never die in the last episode i have valor Morghulis in this one and there's one more character that has a very cool saying that is also in my top three favorite sayings in game of thrones on this list so oh, wow. excited to get there you'll you'll know what we get there um but yeah I, I think that's all i'd say about jack and hagar i mean he's really cool He's higher on the list than any of the other characters in this grouping because he impacts one of the Starks yeah. very strongly. And the Starks are like, you know, the, the main baddies. So um, the main goodies. It just, yeah, the main, the main goodies. Baddies so are uh, good, bad, not, not bad, bad. Good, bad. <laughs> like, just like these, just like these minor characters are major minor characters. Exactly. We really know how to use words. You guys were really good at the language that we were not only did i major in psychology i also majored in linguistics 
Yes, true. Tegman the linguistics major over here saying good, bad, and, and bad, major, bad. minor. <laughs> and bad, bad, yeah. Oh, I think we can move on to the next. Okay. The next one is still in that same group. It's the last of this kind of group where they impact one character, but we grouped this yes. group. So we have... This is a group this, of people. We, it's a group of people. We put them all together. At, they're all of the characters surrounding Bran yeah. that, like, impact Bran. So, so Hodor... Pour uh, a huge one out for Hodor. Pour a Hodor-sized one out for Hodor. <laughs> pour a single Hodor one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Hodor, Mira, Jojen, and Osha. Osha, 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 <laughs> and Osha. Yes, and we, we've grouped them all together on our ranking because we think that they're equally impactful to the story and equally imp- impactful to Bran specifically. Um, they are the raisins yeah. to his Bran. <laughs> <laughs> they add a little zest. Yes, they, they add a little zest to Bran. And, and also, like, I mean, Bran would probably not be alive without Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Because yeah, Osha I mean, and Hodor, well, Hodor literally is his freaking transportation for yeah, God knows how like, long. Like, Hodor carries him around, like, forever. And also protects him. Like, yeah. Hodor's a huge dude. Like, he, he protects Bran. Bran is a kid, so he, he needs the protection. So, yeah, I think... Yeah, we both think that they're they're all equally impactful to to Bran, but they are really just impactful to Bran. I mean, they don't really impact the story as a whole. I mean, Hodor's death has that weird hold the door, hold the door, hold the door, but that's not even in, that was just like a weird to me. That was just a really weird like kind of unnecessary M Night Shyamalan ish twist that they just like yeah. threw in for no reason because. That just like opened the whole door of like time being, and then a they factor. never, they never went back to it. Right, like Bran is the three eyed raven, and the three eyed raven is Bran, and that's kind of like a weird, tiny, warpy kind of crap. But we don't, we we just don't get enough of it to know for sure. Yeah, yeah, we already talked about <laughs> all of the ways that they dropped the three eyed raven and the Bran arc. Yeah. And gave us basically no answers about that. But, you know, what can we fucking do about it at this point? Absolutely nothing. We can move on to the next. The next person that we have on our list who is one, two, three, four, five, six away from from our our top most influential character is. It's not even a person. It's an ice zombie. Not a person. (laughs) Yeah, true. What are those riddles that's like, what? Oh, what kind of guy does blah blah blah? Just yeah, you're like who? Yeah, who um isn't alive but is adamant? Who eats babies and is supposed to be the big bad but then isn't the big bad? Because they die in episode three of the last because season. Of they die <laughs> in episode three of the last season of Game of Thrones. Who also doesn't really get explained that well. It's the Night King, if yeah. you haven't guessed by now. Um, yeah, we're on to the Night King. Um, honestly, the only the only reason that he's this high up for me is just because he takes up so much of the show's storyline. Right. And he's just, like, he's the figurehead of all the, like I said this to you earlier, he's the figurehead of all the White Walkers at this point, because, like, yeah. the White Walkers are freaking terrifying. Like, and literally yeah, the first he- scene we see in the whole show is 
in regard to the White Walkers. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they they really didn't follow through with that super well, in my opinion. Yeah. But he is he is the boogeyman. He's like the, the main bad that they set up for that because you... I guess if you're doing zombies in this kind of setting, you have to set up some kind of like big bad hierarchy in the yeah. zombies to like, I mean, he he's basically just like a weird, like celestial, like being, I guess. He's like so he's just like an all powerful elemental being. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I get, you know, he's up here cause he, he does, you know, he's super powerful, but you know, he impacts the story a lot. But, I like, would, in one, in only one way. Yeah, in only one way the entire time. Yeah. I would not put him any higher. And I, you can fight me on that if you want to. I mean, post I, up. I um, made this list with you, so. <laughs> no, not you. No, I just meant, no, I guess, just... yeah, our, <laughs> our, our listeners. listeners in general can fight me on that if they think that the Night King should be higher on this list because, like, you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, it's just, yeah. But that's all I have to say about the Night King. I mean, he, he, they really didn't play that as well as they should. I mean, I said to you earlier that, like, everybody thought in, that the Night King is supposed to be the big bad, and then they killed him in episode three. Yeah. And it would have been really good, because I think what they were trying to do was show that, like, this symbol of incarnate evil, like, you think that that's going to be, you're going to kill him and everything's going to be fine. But then you disappointingly find out that like no like human beings are capable of they're worse than a literal ice zombie man who can raise dead people like that's exactly and i think that that's what the show was going for they just did not execute it well at all um which we talked about at length so moving on now we are kind of on literally the opposite end of the spectrum is a instead of an icy zombie man it is a fiery woman woman (laughs) (laughs) fiery living woman (laughs) living woman and also she Um, has that weird like plot point where she is super old old yeah melisandre Because that's how she dies, right? She just takes off her her very trendy Forever Twenty One choker and just walks off, disintegrates into nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, just, just like walks, walks off. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I assumed she would die because she's old, old AF. Um, but yeah, Melisandre is next on our list. I mean, obviously she's impactful to Stannis. I mean, she literally pushes him to burn she, his. She's daughter like the puppet alive. master of. Yeah, she basically in the day. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she um, plays the role in killing Renly. She, yeah, she yeah she does that. She brings John back to life. Yep. She she gives John his Jesu Cristo status, and um, she saves the she day in the Battle of Winterfell. Kind of saves the day for like she provides ten minutes. Light. Yeah, but this is this is my other favorite Game of Thrones thing. The the night is dark and full of terrors. Yeah. I love that. That is fucking metal that is like, super metal that is so metal like i anytime it's dark outside and i need an excuse to not take out the trash i just say the night is dark and full of terrors and i'm a small <laughs> i mean i really dislike her <laughs> to be honest oh so but she's obviously I, yeah obviously we've got respect for her and her impact on the story because she's pretty darn high up our list yeah so go off queen i guess <laughs> she's i guess she's when she has the choker on, I don't know. She she's 
She's a tough one. I, she's she's one of those characters that like I don't really know what her motivation is. Yeah. After the whole Stannis situation, I think. I mean, with Stannis, I assume she wants power and she wants to boost her religion into the mainstream. Right. But after that, after Stannis gets defeated, I'm like, what is your end game here? Like, why are you? Well, I feel like she is part god. Huh? Because, like, how the hell can you bring people back to life and then, like, be super old? Like The the, the power of, of the Lord of Light. I don't know. Which, like, the Lord of Light must really like her. I don't know what she's doing with the Lord of Light that makes... I guess there are other like Red Priestesses so in, like, Essos and, there like... Are, there are, so I, I guess it's safe to assume that they could perform some sorts of, like, small miracles, maybe. Yeah. Well, wait, doesn't Beric Dondarrion also believe in the Lord of Light? Yeah, he should be. Yeah. There's the whole Azor Ahai. We're not going to get into that because. There's so many freaking religions in Game of Thrones. Yeah, but like they think that. Well, Melisandre's convinced that Stannis is Azor Ahai, which is like the coming. The. Basically like Jesus. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think that she really believed that. (laughs) Yeah, no, she she simply said it and tried to like speak into existence. I think Beric Dondarrion was Azor Ahai because he already had. That would make sense. And he did uh, have the resurrection thing. He had the resurrection thing? I forget what the guy who resurrected him... Because Beric Dondarrion died like 50 times and was rejuvenated, brought back to life 50 times. A lot of times. And he had the flaming sword, which was prophesied about... as. Wow, I say the uh, Azor Ahai thing that we're not going to talk about as I continue to talk about. (laughs) No, that's interesting, though. I, I would never have thought about that. But I think that that's a pretty good theory. Who we got next, baby? The Hound. Bow wow. Fuck the king's god. Fuck the city. Fuck the king. An icon. That's just hell yeah. Iconic. Hell yeah. Uh, we love an anarchist. <laughs> we really, really do. Yeah, we love an anarchist. The um, Hound is. He's a bad dude, but he has like little little bright spots that just make him so endearing and like he has a yeah. a good heart but it's just like he covered yeah. in steel and like thorns so yeah it's 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 real uh real burnt up and crispy yeah i mean the yeah. boy the boy says some crazy shit like he's definitely not all <laughs> not great but he's also not completely without a conscience right so. Yeah, so that that is saying something for characters in Game of Thrones. Like, do they have a conscience of any kind at all? Like, that is a that is a win. Yeah, um, yeah. He he's up pretty high on our list. He's fourth on our list because he he's a transient character, so he impacts quite a few different characters. I mean, Sansa, Arya, a lot, Arya, yeah, and um. I mean, <laughs> him and Arya's relationship is is very amusing. I live for it, and uh, it, it makes a lot of sense because Arya kind of has the same kind of like anarchist uh, tendencies and views that the Hound does. So it makes sense that they weirdly get along, even though I don't think that the Hound would like to admit. I don't think that either of them would like to admit that they get along. I mean, she doesn't kill him. Yep, and which is surprising because he's been on her list since mm-hmm. day one. Yeah, so that that alone shows how impactful he is to Arya specifically, that he's on her kill list and she decides not to kill him. Yeah. Which, you know, could be argued that if she had killed him, it would have been a mercy because he was in rough shape when she left him. 
Like, she did kind of leave him for dead, but it, I still think it's saying something that she didn't just outright kill him. Um, and then, yeah, he impacts Sansa, and then... Yeah, I mean, like, he impacts Tyrion pretty much the whole time he's at the Red... The Red Court? What? <laughs> Yes, the red court. In King's Landing, he's like Mm -hmm. always played a role. You always see him. They always like make note to show him that he's there. True. So you know, you if you're paying attention, you know from the beginning that this character is gonna become more than just a bodyguard that's like verbally abused by a child king. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he he does play a significant role. I mean, he's there till the end, basically. Yeah, he's most impactful to Arya, I would say, but definitely not unimpactful to the other characters that he encounters. Yeah, um, I'd say also, Arya and Sansa, because he saves yeah. Sansa from being raped and tortured by mm-hmm. the angry mob. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in the books, there's this one weird part where Sansa has, like, a dream where she kisses the hound, but... What the hell? And so there's there's a whole, oh wait yes I remember that yeah but it doesn't actually it, like, happen no yeah but it like torments her right like right. she's like all bent out of shape about this dream because she's like, she she finds the hound very scary yeah and so there's this whole like part of the fan base that is like ships the hound no. and Sansa and it's absolutely like absolutely not <laughs> it's like if he was less bad I would see it maybe well she's also a child like yeah, I hate yeah, yeah. When, Ugh, I hate when people ship, like, adult and child characters. Yeah. Ew, get out of here. You're disgusting. Like, like if, if it was in the show and he was less bad. Because, honestly, I don't know how old they are in the show. They never really talk I about don't, it. They don't say. I think it's purposeful that they don't say. Yeah. Yeah. They always make them old enough that it's not as, like, creepy as the books. Yeah. Also, he has a pretty good, like, redemption arc. It's like It's, like, a muted redemption arc because he's not, like... Because he's still a gruff, grumpy yeah. man. He's not, like, but, um, good. He, like, low-key becomes a follower of the Lord of Light, kind of. Yeah. I mean, he's we've just said he's an anarchist, so he's obviously not going to join freaking organized religion. Yeah, but especially he likes, one who worships fire. Exactly, because he really does not like fire. But So it's funny and ironic, but, like, he does see a vision in the flames, right. which is pretty funny because he's like the last character that you'd expect to be spiritual at all yeah and i mean he's not spiritual after either but it does i think change his character for the better slightly yeah. i mean he he joins john and and helps fight the the white zombies <laughs> the ice zombies the white walkers the white walkers um which i don't think that he would have done in the earlier seasons because right. he was more self-serving then he would have been like i'm gonna yeah. go south where these guys aren't exactly so yeah shout out to the hound that's why he's he's higher on our list of impactful characters here moving on to the boy opposite character yeah literally samuel Uh, tarley samuel motherfucking okay what is up with samuel and samwise being literally the best friends a boy could ask for get you a best friend named sam or tegwin because they will be great best friends. <laughs> Dang, you're gonna like hit me with that? Now I have to be like, I'm gonna compliment you back because it's just in my nature. So <laughs> Samuel Tarly, he is third most impactful on our list of yeah. most impactful. He is people. first most impactful in my heart, but true. Third first most, most impactful. impactful in Jon Snow's heart. <laughs> that's 
Well, I think um, Jon Snow would argue Egret because he's a simpy simp, and he doesn't realize he doesn't, what he kind doesn't of friends realize. He has. Yeah, he takes him for granted a little bit, but their relationship is very sweet. Obviously, Sam is super impactful to Jon Snow, who is one of the main main characters of the show. Um, but not only that, my boy doesn't get enough credit. He becomes what is it called, Grand Maester, Grand Maester of the Citadel. At the end of the show, which is well-deserved because he studied his ass off to do that. He be hitting the books. He be hitting his books. Um, he also is just a very, very good-natured, good-hearted character. I mean, he saves Gilly um, and the, the baby, which is, like, very sweet. Um, and he's, you know, he's one of the few, few characters in Game of Thrones who is genuinely good-natured, I think. Yep. There's and, not a bad um, bone in that boy's body. Wow, yeah, that, was a, that was alliteration, baby. Hell yeah. But yeah, you're right. There's there's not a bad bone in his body, and, and it's sweet, and it's uplifting to see. And he also impacts the story a lot. He He's the one that, first of all, he kills the very first White Walker. Like, he is the first person to kill a White Walker successfully, correct? With some dragon glass, baby, yep. And he's the one who finds out that dragon glass works to kill them because he'd be reading his books yeah. he'd be in the library he simply says to gren and ed Tollett, he's like guys we just stumbled across some obsidian some dragon glass and they say that this shit kills white walkers and they're like shut up sam where do yeah, you know I know. That? they're like, like i read it somewhere yes do not underestimate the nerd <laughs> our beloved characters who read and stay in the library all the time because they move the plot along <laughs> Because they figure shit out. Hey, if um, you can't so, yeah. fight with a sword, you gotta fight with your brain sword. <laughs> yes. Um, that's great advice, everybody. <laughs> Official psychology channel pod <laughs> advice. <laughs> if you cannot fight with a sword, fight, fight with, with your, your brain, brain sword. sword. <laughs> um, exactly. Sam definitely fights with his brain sword. And he, uh, yeah, he's great. Oh, he's also the last of the Tarly line. Thanks to uh, a certain someone with a certain number of dragons. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's the last of the, the, the Tarly line. So gotta give him that too. I mean, I, I think he does big things and he gets uh, overlooked a lot. Big boy does big things. Moving on to another big boy, big lady who we love. Yes, ma'am. Brienne on. of Mother Truckin' Tarth. Brienne of Tarth, baby. I love her. I love Gwendolyn Christie. I I stand. I want to stand next to Gwendolyn Christie so bad with all five feet of myself. Just stand next to her. Just How tall for the pure she? height differences. Because I, she is six foot three. I love that. She is a whole half foot taller than yes, me. I am five feet. Yeah, she's like <laughs> she's, she's like a foot and a half. Well, I want to stand next to her so bad and just just lovingly look up at her beautiful face. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Brienne, we have her as our second most impactful character. Because okay, which like I would say I would like it might her. be a hot take. Yeah, no, I think it might be, but I think we both agreed on it. Well, we wouldn't be saying it if we yeah. didn't agree on it. But I think yeah, I would liken her to the Hound. She's the opposite of the Hound, though. She has honor. She's good. She's good. Yeah. She is very transient. She's going from place to place mm-hmm. all the time. 
She serves under a bunch of different people. Yep. She serves under a bunch of different people. She impacts tons of different storylines and she gets done dirty a lot. So I I would say, yeah, I would say she and the hound are like very twisted mirror images of each other. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I totally agree. That's super interesting because she is, um, yeah, very similar in, in, impactfulness but yeah she is just a better person i mean she's less self-serving she's loyal she's trustworthy she's honorable um she deserves she deserves to become the head of the king's guard she absolutely (laughs) does sir brienne of tarth sir brienne of tarth she's amazing she's amazing and like watching that happen was one of the more satisfying moments of the entire show because she deserved it especially after jamie does her dirty which like i would fight jamie Bannister on site for that (laughs) um but yeah i i love her she's great i think she she really impacts a a lot of characters and a lot of the starks particularly and we already said those side characters that impact the multiple starks that that leads them to being pretty impactful for the entire show Right, because the Starks are the cornerstone family. Yeah, exactly. Um, She's great. She's amazing. We love her. Are we moving on to our... Our top spot. Our top spot, which is taken by two characters currently because we could not reach a consensus about who... We kind of came to the consensus that they're equally as important and equally as impactful, just impactful in very different ways. True, and and the entire storyline of the show would not be kicked off without both of these characters. Right. So and uh, carried, like honestly, the show is carried mm-hmm. by these two. They really do advance advance the plot throughout the entire show because they're the the political movers and shakers who are. You know, a little shady, but <laughs> that's politics, baby. That um, indeed. Yeah, our top our top spot for like most impactful major minor character is going to Littlefinger and Varys. Yeah, Varys. Um, it, it's tough, man. I I really can't decide like who because there's arguments for both. Yeah, there's arguments for both. I mean, you said it really well when you described them as like flip sides of the same coin, right? But Littlefinger is, like, the manipulative and self-serving side of the coin. And Varys is, like, you said Littlefinger. We know his intentions from literally the get-go. We know. He is, yeah. He's a power. He's trying to secure power. Hungry dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then Varys, we have no idea what he wants. We have genuinely no idea what he wants. I still don't know what he wants. And I've read the books. I've seen the show twice. I can tell you. What he wants right now. He wants his balls back. (laughs) (laughs) No! Oh, crap. Theon wants his balls back. I don't think Varys gives a shit. Yeah, I think Varys is used to it. No, I can tell you what he wants. He wants to secure the good of the realm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Fuck, I forgot about that. Because that's what he says over and over and over again. He He does it for the good of the realm. Because multiple characters question him. They're like, why are you doing this? And he's like, for the good of the realm. realm. And I'm like, what does that mean, bro? Like, what does that mean? Can you tell me what it means? Because I don't know. Genuinely, Um, no idea. Yeah, I've said before, I think Varys is like a bit hypocritical. But at the end of the day, again, he does have a conscience. He is actually trying to do what he thinks is good and what he deems good for the realm. 
Um, like he's so, shady. Do not get me wrong, but like no, he's hella shady. He's yeah. literally the master of whispers. Like he has little dope. birds and stuff. Like these little children. I mean, also okay. The one thing about Varys that creeps me out is there's always these like little innuendos about him liking little boys. Yeah, I really don't like that because I don't either. Is it is it wrong for me to say that that feels kind of homophobic? I mean, it feels like one of those. Obviously, it's not confirmed that Barrys right. is gay, and it's it's not you know just because he's a eunuch doesn't mean that he's necessarily gay. Right. But I don't know. It, it's just one of those those stereotypes that has endured throughout the years that's so harmful to the LGBT community. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like it really sits wrong with me that the show kind of hints that stuff in there yeah but the thing is like he doesn't deny it which makes me feel like it's not true which is kind of like counterintuitive but like if he was like you know i don't do that shit like i don't know like there's just there's no evidence it's It's literally just just, it's hearsay people saying it all the time yeah it's a little eh, to me i'm like did did, really like did you need to do that at all yeah especially since they never substantiate like whether or not it's true so it's just like left open i'm like "Eh, it seems a little bit eh, to me but yeah i think that i think that they're both the most impactful to the storylines as a whole they're both very cunning people who understand how to work within the system for their own um motives and they like i said they are the ones that set off the entire plot of the show because without varies helping ned in the first season and without Littlefinger air quotes helping ned and then betraying him it (laughs) maybe none of it would have happened you know like that's why they're at our top spot and we don't really know who you know, who's necessarily more impactful. They also just have a hand in everything. Yeah. The, the Especially other... Varys. Oh, yeah. And you don't even know what Varys has a hand in. Exactly. That's why Like, Littlefinger, you can at least... Yeah, Littlefinger, you can at least kind of guess what he has a hand in because you know what his motives are. His motives are to secure power for himself. And he gets really close to doing it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, pretty impressive. I, I love Peter Baelish. I love, I love Littlefinger so he's a great so much he's a fantastic character he's he's such a great antagonist oh i love him he's just he's so manipulative and people are always like how can you love the character that sold something to bolton i'm like well in the book he didn't do that so shut the fuck up (laughs) but um, yeah if you knew what you were talking about yeah you wouldn't be bashing on uh peter baelish like that also yeah exactly incredible so he he is the other character that has maybe the most incredible voice to be honest. I mean, I really enjoy his voice. Yeah. I don't know about yeah, the I, most for me, but I would say yeah, it's up there. Top three. It's up sure. there. Yeah. I do really enjoy his voice. I, um, yeah, I, I, I really like Baelish. He's just such an interesting character and you have to respect him because this man doesn't really have any political standing and he just like Machiavelli's his way. Like, yeah, he's literally- quite, quite far. He makes his own sigil, like which, like I don't know why he went with a mockingbird, but it's fine. He's got to he's got to mock himself a little bit. I don't know. What I, I guess if I made my own sigil, it would be a toad. So I don't think that's much better in like <laughs> a lot of people's books. But um, you have to respect him. Like he's not a good dude, but I have to respect his hustle and his cunning and like the fact that he plays his cards right, like almost to the very end. Yeah, and he gets the the other difference between him and Varys is that 
he does get a satisfying ending with his death, but varies, unfortunately. Doesn't. I did not find his death satisfying or warranted or... And guess who fucking killed him? Is it a a woman, perchance, and some dragons that she shouldn't have? Oh my gosh. Great guess. How'd you know? It's rough. They, they did the... In my opinion, they did the same thing in season eight with varies that they did with Tyrion. They, they made him start making a lot of dumb decisions that I don't think his character would have made with all of his cunning and slinkiness, I guess. Um, you know, like, I just don't, I, you know, it, it's disappointing. It was a disappointing end to a pretty, pretty loved character. He's, he's pretty dope. Varys is a pretty cool character. He's like, he's yeah. like an underdog, but we kind of, we kind of stand. Like, he's, he's just a cool dude. Also, he yeah. is fitted, as does Lord Peter Baelish. Yeah, they both stay fitted as hell. That's super true. They're always looking hella fresh. Like they gotta impress. They gotta impress. They don't have the standings, so they gotta look like they have the standings. See, they know what's going on. They know how to work the freaking system down to the way they dress. You guys, those are the reasons that they are at our top spot. You can fight us about it. Uh, you can send us an angry email about it if you want to, and we uh, we um at gmail.com. and we won't respond <laughs> if you're yelling at us. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's it for this episode. That's our entire list. We've gone from Edmure to Littlefinger and Varys. I know this, this episode is like a little different than the other ones, but obviously it's harder to talk about arcs with these characters because some of them don't really have very significant arcs. This wasn't a very like psychology heavy episode, but that's okay. It's just fun. We got to give you our spicy takes all the time. Thank you for sticking with us for three episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah! We are officially done with Game of Thrones. That is it. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us this long. We love you. And you can follow us on Twitter at... Psych Channel Pod. And on Instagram and can, at... Yep, Psych Channel Pod. And tell us what who you think the most impactful character is. I'm curious to know, to be honest, because... There's just no pod, way. In- like, um, I love him, but no. <laughs> Simply, you well, are wrong. <laughs> there's just like no way in hell that like everyone agrees that Littlefinger yeah. and Varys are the most impactful. So I'm very curious. So please let us know in a mature and kind fashion because we're sensitive. I will cry if you yell at me. Yeah. All right. Water signs. <laughs> yeah. Good old water signs, baby. We'll cry if you yell at us, so please don't actually send us an angry email, but please do review us and follow us on the various things, and we will see everybody, not see everybody, because this is a podcast. We will be back soon with more episodes. Bye! Bye!